Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> At two. Ah, oh, great to see. You know, I have this. I'm just saying that, like, to be delayed is not to be denied. We can't be denied today, man. We have to speak. <laughs> Great. How, how's your day been? Yeah, been good, bro. Been full on. Um, yeah. But but all good, all positive. So, uh, yeah. yeah, man, I'm feeling good. How, how about yourself? How's things? Yeah, all right, man. Like, um, the day's been quite busy. Um, with the day job and stuff, and then my wife's gone out for dinner with her siblings, so I was holding the fort, slash watching some football, slash trying to see Tour de France highlights, <laughs> slash, yeah. But yeah, deep, deep breaths, and I'll be really looking forward to the chat, so yes, I'm, I'm, on, a, I'm on a good vibe, man, I'm on a really good vibe. All love. Um, good, good, good. So, yeah, I mean, people are here already, man, there's, there's, there's folks in here I can see, Chad the Lad, RFTW, is that the Origin crew? Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Amazing. Thank you all for joining. Um, so, yeah, I think we start. Maybe if I do a quick introduction and then I'll, I'll, I'll hand over to you. But but I was just going to say, if you see anything in the chat in the bottom there or anyone that jumps on you, you want to say hi to, let's make it interactive because yeah, yeah. as much as it's good, we just we just vibe and we, we do that. So, um, yeah. Welcome everybody, and thank you so much for joining on this Tuesday evening or afternoon or morning, wherever you are in the world. Uh, my name is Kofi, the founder of Life Unity, and if you haven't heard me speak before, this platform is really all about celebrating our diversity and our unity as cyclists. Um, we might not be mainstream, we might not be front page, but we're out here, we're definitely out here. And the idea of these stories is really to speak to as many inspirational folks from across the spectrum, sex, age, shade, shape, you name it. If you ride a bike, you're in the gang, basically in the family. Um, a little bit of a breath. My pal today is, what can I say, man, the words, an inspirational leader, a community builder, um, and a guy with a heart of gold. Um, and I think when many people speak about uplifting and empowering talks, you're all about it, man. You're all about it. So I'm so glad that you, you joined today. And thank you. Thank you massively for coming on board. Um, so, yeah, if we could, just let's start a bit with your backstory, really, so that people can get to know a bit about you. Like, where where, where are you living? Where are you from? What's the story? Yeah, wow. Um, born and bred in East London. So um, Tokumbo, Tokumbo is a Nigerian name, a Yoruba name from mm -hmm. the Yoruba tribe. So it means born overseas, born away from home. But yeah, mm -hmm. I was brought up in Leighton, Waltham Forest, East End of London, pre-Olympics okay. before that side of town got its facelift. Um, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so um, humble beginnings, man. Went went to went to a boys' school in Leighton called Norlington. Um, mm -hmm. The currency was either fighting or cussing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then from there, it was, it was. I had a passion of storytelling, so I got mm -hmm. into the world of media, studied journalism at uni. But like my community, and particularly young people, have always been a passion for me. So mm -hmm. I, I did that as, as like what I did in my spare time, right? Um, mm -hmm. And then, yeah, I got to a point in my career where that became my 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 full time thing. And I was able mm -hmm. to merge media and young people together. And that led to me having an epiphany moment one day, where which ended up me setting up my own business. I didn't mean okay. to, 
it was just it was just like there must be a different way to do this. I'm gonna yeah. take a leap of faith and give it a go. And I set up a Amazing. a journalism training academy called Catch Twenty Two, and it was focused on um, uh, underrepresented groups and diverse talent that aspire to work in the media industry, but didn't have an encore on that worked for the Times or the Economist that could just slip them in, right? Get you in, yeah. Because yeah. sometimes it's like that, isn't it? It's not. No, it's not necessarily no. what you what you know, but it's it's very much who you know, the network and the sponsorship that comes with it, right? Coffee. It's not sometimes. It's more time. More <laughs> time. <laughs> in that industry, it's more time. You know what I mean? The whole currency yeah. of who you know, your social capital, you know, kind of uh, precedes everything else. So yeah, we. Mm. I, I I was I was a social entrepreneur for a number of years, and then that was the beginning of my leadership journey. And then from okay. there, I, I went on to other roles and. My first CEO role um, was about five years ago, and mm-hmm. now I'm in my second CEO role. I, I, I run a charity called Career Ready, which fantastic young talent and connecting them to employers across the UK. So yeah, I've just kind of had this thing of being very passion driven, very purpose driven. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, um, my cycling experience was born out of my passion for young people because. The cycling, the cycling really came about as a challenge to mm-hmm. fundraise for a black boys um, program that I, I co-founded 20 odd years ah. ago called Origin. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Wow. Okay. okay. See? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're going to get, get into this. And this, is, this is what I said. When I said at the beginning, I said that, you know, when people talk about uplifting and empowering and you're all about it, you know, definitely you can tell that. And that brief synopsis of your backstory, career-wise, social enterprise seems to have been the theme for like coming up to what, 20 years or so, maybe more. Yeah. Um, but what I'm keen to understand is like what took you down that route versus, I don't know, you could have done anything, right? Like accountancy, law, medicine, yeah. marketing, anything at all. But social enterprise seems to have hit you and stuff with you. So like, just yeah. unpacking that a bit, like what took you down that avenue? Yeah, so, you know, the thing is, I, I kind of, from from a fairly early phase, I always <clears> had this kind of duality where I liked nice things and nice things generally were expensive. But at the same <clears> time, I was really purpose-driven. So mm-hmm. it's that whole thing of like, you know, you're kind of conditioned and programmed in society to pick either or. And I right. always felt there was a third way and I didn't know what it looked like. So when I discovered the world of social enterprise and stuff, the idea of making a profit, but having a social impact at the same time. Fantastic. That really appealed to me. And I think someone that, that really kind of resonated with me um, was the, the, the late um, Dame Anita Roddick, who was the founder mm-hmm. of Body Shop. You know, okay. and what, what I loved about that was the whole idea of her having an ethical purpose around her product, but at the same time, it being a commercial entity, right? Mm-hmm. So it was that whole, it was like a hybrid of the, of the two extremes. And that, that kind of way of working has always inspired me. I, I've never accepted that it's an either or. That's fantastic to hear you say that, actually, because sometimes I guess perception is that if you work in the sort of the sector, maybe the third sector with the charity, so it's not public, it's not private, you're with the charities, it it, it can't be, you know, commercially viable. Um, And I guess with this social enterprise angle, it tries to be both of those things, purposeful, but also 
generating revenue, which I, which I love, which I love, um, which is good. And there's so much to unpack. I just want to say hello to uh, a few people. So she's got skills. That's Queen Bee, Bavana, Tawanda Three. Hello, um, Marcus. Thank you. Thank you, everyone that's tuned in to join and, and hear um, a bit more about Toxic's journey. So talking of journey, I really wanted, you know, this is about cycling, my community, that's like, but I really wanted to get into the journey. You started to talk about it, but your journey is as a cyclist. And, and for me, like when people talk about Idris Elba as the next James Bond, yeah, I think they're hyping. I really, I, re- I really think they should be calling you. <laughs> Coffee, what have you been drinking, bro? <laughs> I mean, England, England did win, and then I may have had one on, on beverage. But no, I do think, seriously, I think they should because, to me, like from from the research, and I've got researchers from the research that I've been able to understand, you are like an all-action sportsman. <laughs> True. When you said yes, you didn't know that I was going to go. This is like this is your life, right? I'm going to go back into the archives. <laughs> is um, it or is it the, the true story? Is it or is it not true that you've previously partaken in white collar boxing? Yeah, that is true. That is true. Facts. Is it or is it not true that you previously taken part in the triathlon? True. Yeah. Okay. Um, is it or is it not true that you taken part in the Spartan race? Some called the Spartan race. I don't know, but it's a gladiatorial. Yeah. What What is that? Because yeah. I don't even. Yeah. That's 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 the madness known as obstacle course racing, and I, I got into that for a while, and and did a few okay. of those different things. Yeah, uh, is that similar to like tough mudder? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very similar, uh, but but harder, but very similar to that. To that. So, so you you done tough mudder as well? Yeah, a couple. Completed, yeah. Yeah, Completed. Smashed it. Okay. Cool. Uh, and and then, so this is where I'm going with this state bond thing. So it, as far as I know, Idris Elba and me with like big past. He has never ridden from London to Paris, but I believe someone on him may have done that. Wow, is someone did their research, indeed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Me, me, You've done that too. Me and nine other mad mad men. Mm-hmm. So so I'm interested to build on this idea and this premise because to me just checking in on all these things, which is why I'm calling for you to be the next one. Yeah. You don't do things by heart at all. Like, yeah. you could just do, um, I don't know what they call it, you know, the park run, yeah. 5K, 10K. I you could those, do that, right? I do those too. I do those as well. For, yeah, I know, but for breakfast, before you go and do the Spartan Tough Mother combination <laughs> and then ride to Paris, I know you do those things, but you could just do double their own. So, so just share with us a bit about what what is it about that kind of sort of challenge event or whatever that that, that has you hooked in, in, in doing more and more of them? You know, you know what it is. It's it's it's, it's actually a, a kind of thing about really wanting to tap into my potential. Mm-hmm. You know, I I am I am an incentive driven person. So mm-hmm. the idea of achieving something that I never imagined I could do inspires mm-hmm. me. So, you know, that whole kind of premise of we probably only activate about 15% of our potential. I've chosen to live my life in a style where I'm constantly challenging that and I'm constantly chipping away. Even if it's little incremental, 2%, 3%, I'm trying to tap into more of my potential because the fact of the matter is, and we live in a time where, you know, in the last 18 months, I, I personally have seen a lot of grief and a lot of people passing. Mm. And, and the lesson from that is to is to live 
is to be alive, not to just exist. So the challenges yeah. I set myself is because I want to feel alive, right? So right, when I right. when I went in that boxing ring um, in front of like 2,000 people at the Troxy, I was wow. bricking it. I was bricking yeah. it. Like I, I didn't know what could happen in those three rounds of, of, of white yeah. color boxing, but I did it. You know, I prepared the best that I could and I did it. And the same with the triathlon. I, I, a funny story about the triathlon is um, I wanted to challenge myself. That's when mm -hmm. I bought a bike. That's when mm -hmm. in 2018 I bought a bike. I only trained for about six, seven weeks. Um, okay. And um, the week before, no, not even the week, a couple of days before, I was saying to my wife, if I'm in trouble in the swim, I'll just do backstroke because I know I got that from school. I know I got that. <laughs> and then she was like, have you checked, have you checked the, the instructions? It says, if you go on your back, that's you indicating that you're in trouble and they'll come and fish you out. Dude, right. and my training partner will vouch for this, Kenny. We went to the Serpentine the next day and I mustered them like a thousand meters straight uh, in the open water. I was, I, was, I was learning how to swim open water on YouTube, right? Wow. So, so the whole idea of all of these challenges has always been about tapping into my potential, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, and cycling has stuck um, because of the experience that I had when, when I first kind of bought my road bike um, mm -hmm. and then just immersed myself to, in the, into the sport. Into sport. Okay, good, good, good. And, and when, did you, when did you buy the road bike? 2008, I got it through Cycle to Work scheme. Okay, yeah, big, big up to that scheme because otherwise I don't think I would have been investing that amount on a bike. Um, and then literally six weeks later, I took part in my first triathlon, the London Triathlon in 2018. Mm -hmm. I see. Um, um, so so I, I did a similar thing, but my thing was I'm going to commute to work for a little bit and then after probably about a year, I decided to do like London to Brighton, just stick with the road. Um, but you did a triathlon, so multidisciplinary. Yeah. <clears throat> so we've got a question from Caramel One Hundred Five Spin. So this is this is a good family member of ours over in New York, actually, Michael. Um, Michael says, "So do you apply that logic to the types of bikes you have if you have more than one?" So this might be going back a little bit to the conversation around stretching yourself potential. Maybe I'm not sure, but Michael might jump in and say. Yeah, so I, I, I'm a novice cyclist. I, mm -hmm. I even hesitate to describe myself as a cyclist. Um, I'm probably, when I think about the mileage I do, I'm probably more of a rider than a cyclist, but it's cool. I'll, I'll embrace that. But I have mm -hmm. a really simple road bike, B-twin, entry-level road bike. It's got a decent group set, Shimano 105. But other than that, it's entry-level. But it's been mm -hmm. loyal to me. It's been so loyal. It's, I've gone through a lot of challenges with that bike. Um, and, I, and I said to myself, I'm not allowed a new bike until I, I, I kind of clock that bike. I haven't maximized okay. the potential of that bike yet. So the bike. yeah, that, that's my challenge. Yeah. I know there's many men. In fact, our ride captain in Team Origin has a number of bikes that he calls his wives. So, <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not no, no, fair enough, fair enough. Well, well, look, this is all good, really. Um, so, I mean, we've, it's good because the thing as we move through things, we definitely confirm your credentials as the next James Bond. That's that's been set. 
we've definitely set the picture that the sky's the limit with you because potential is something that you believe can be exceeded. Um, and we talked a bit about your start of the journey and, and buying the bike in 2008, getting into triathlon. Clubs-wise, have you been part of any clubs? Do you join any affiliations? Like, how did, did you, or were you mostly so, riding solo? Like, how did that bit sort of yeah, go for you? Yeah, to be honest, I, I, I rode solo. I mean, the whole club world was brand new to me. And, and if I'm really honest, Coffee, it was, I, I found it quite um, intimidating in the sense that um, I didn't really, I didn't really know that world, right? It felt, it felt quite serious to me. And I didn't consider myself a serious cyclist, right? Um, it was, it was actually, yeah, it was actually only when I went on the, um, the triathlon that I embraced Lycra. Right. So I, I wasn't wearing Lycra before that phase when I when I was riding. So for me, the old club scene was was a bit overwhelming. So I, I kind of generally just rode by myself or or rode with friends. And then I discovered um, a couple of black led cycling communities that I was like, wow, I didn't I didn't even know these kind of things existed. You know, one being Ride Fest and another being Black Cyclist yeah. Network. Um mm-hmm. And I, I kind of did my did my observations of them for a while because I wasn't sure if I was at the level that would be embraced to kind of join them for a ride and stuff. And then I, I, I finally plucked up the courage and rocked up to one of their rides and, and got a baptism of fire when I, I joined a I joined a ride where the, the average pace was like maybe seventeen miles an hour and I was blowing out my ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoa! This is all different. This is all very, very different yeah. down at Richmond Park, you know. But that, that's mm. another thing about cycling. Like, I'm a, you know, I'm 44 tomorrow, and I've lived in London all my life, and I've only discovered places like Richmond Park through cycling. If it wasn't for yeah. cycling, being an Eastender, I would never mm. visit. I never knew I could be bumping into deer when I'm riding on my bike in London. Hopefully not physically, actually bumping into. No, 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 them, no, 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 Right in yeah. Boston, it was just like wow, like I am in London. Do you know what I mean? That was yeah. such a surreal experience, and and I thank cycling for that because I never would have discovered Richmond Park if it wasn't for cycling. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm with you. I think it, that is something phenomenal about it. Um, that I've talked about previously, where you can explore and you can see things that you just wouldn't normally see, and especially when you go with people that are into it and they know areas that. You don't know, but you just trust in the process. You trust in them. They're going to get you there. They're going to get you back. And you just see this amazing stuff, really. Uh, so that's awesome. And, you know, I wanted to ask you about Team Origin. Yeah. Because, um, but before I do that, Tegan, I hope I've, I've pronounced your name correctly. Tegan says, any other locations that you would recommend? Um, well, yeah, Richmond is is, is, is is one I really love. Um, depending on where you're based, I really like canal routes. So the whole kind of Olympic Trail, Lee Valley Trail, um, that I find, uh, being near, near water, I, I find quite um, quite relaxing. So I really like yeah, the, those yeah. canal routes down by the Lee Valley Park, and, and, and that's something that's really sweet to me. And it's quite nostalgic for me because I grew up in that area as well. So um, so that's another area that I, I really enjoy. Brilliant, brilliant. And then um, thank you for that. Hopefully that helps to you. Um, I'm not sure what path the world you're in but hopefully you can get to a canal path at some point um and then michael said the entry level bike can take you further than you think and 
yeah, I have to agree. So I think I not not around about the same time as you, I bought my first bike, which is like a, a, a specialized alley, same sort of thing, ride to work scheme. I still have, it's a boy for me. I don't know if people say it should be a girl, but I, I've called my Cedric from... <laughs> us as black men in regards mm-hmm. to being boundless 
and not allowing anyone to put us in a box because what we did, no one could quite believe what they saw when you saw 10 black men in Lycra, in the same kit, Pan-African colours, riding through rural France or riding through rural England. It just did not make sense, right? And, and that was the beauty of it, that we were making a statement whilst doing something that was really rewarding for us. Incredible. And, and how many days did you take to do that? It's a phenomenal achievement. Yeah, it was. Um, we left on the Friday and I think we reached Paris on the Sunday, if I remember yeah. correctly. Yeah, so we went via New Haven, Dieppe, and then made our way down to Paris yeah. uh, and celebrated at um, the Eiffel Tower. Um, so fabulous. yeah, it was three days. Fabulous. And, and on, on the trip, like going from England into France, as you did, the reception of the French, like, how did you find that? Like, yeah, it was really, it was really interesting to observe. Like, um, it was, it was positive. Like we got a lot of warm sentiment uh, from people. But what was really interesting to observe is when you're coming around the outskirts of, of Paris, so the kind of built up estates when we we're riding through, that's where we saw a richer level of melanin, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and as we got closer into the centre of Paris, um, you saw a lot less people that looked like us. And there was one moment okay. that a teammate noticed that the story sticks with us even till now, where there was a young black boy who was in a car that saw us riding past and like he was in awe of what he saw. And just, I mean, remember there's a, there's a language barrier there. And in acknowledgement, he just put up his fist and it was just like, wow, that was like, that was a moment, you know, that was oh, like, a, like a, a really powerful moment for us. And it, and it kind of epitomized yeah. what we were doing and why we were doing it. Yeah. And I just want to delve into that just a bit more because it interests me so much. And like, I'm feeling, I'm feeling the feels, I'm getting all the feels as you're telling the story. Like for that kid seeing you, like, I guess you didn't speak, but what, what do you think it meant to him? And what do you think he was feeling when he saw 10, 10 brothers on bikes zoom by? Yeah, I think, I think he saw something for the first time ever, right? And I think what, what that did is potentially um, gave him a level of critical thinking about what he thought was possible. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's the beauty about Origin is that it's about 16 brothers who come from all different walks of life, different political views, different faiths, et cetera, et cetera. But we all unite on the premise of investing in that next generation. So mm. what, what I think that moment encapsulated was that young person seeing black men doing something that they hadn't been exposed to before mm. and, and feeling a warmth around that feeling a, yeah. a, a, a kindred spirit connection around yeah. and 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 that definitely resonated with me and i didn't catch the moment live i i i caught it was brother it was one of our brother brother gary that, that caught the moment live i wish we'd got it on film right yeah we filmed a lot that weekend and um and yeah for me that that really just epitomizes what we were trying to do even when we were fundraising yeah. for it you know we we, we fundraised double what we had expected, what we had targeted. Because I think it, it expanded people's expectation of anything mm. that we would challenge ourselves to do. That's we were not cyclists at that point. We were 
very much novices. <laughs> very much, wow, brilliant. I, you know, the term cyclist is a difficult one, really. I, for me, it's not, who am I to say, but for, for, for the minute you get on a bike, I'm, you're a cyclist in my view. And I think the, the story that you tell about the kid, it, it, it kind of warms my heart in so many ways. And Tish, Tishton's plant, she uh, is one of the Wifeinti family. Um, Tisha over in Washington, she's giving you tri- triple hearts, not one, not two, but three hearts on the story. Um, <laughs> um, but, but it warms my heart because it is something that I talk about quite often with what we do, which is the fact that, you know, representation really does matter. You know, there are some people that will get up in the morning and will do what they do with no impetus or input from any external factors. But for others, like seeing the art of the possible, seeing people that look like them, makes them think, hey, you know what, I belong in that space. And it's what, it's what you do fantastically. It's what definitely I try and do with Wife for Unity. Like I said, if your name begins with A to Z, you're on it. Don't let anyone tell you any otherwise. You, you can definitely be a cyclist. Wear what you want, do what you want, just ride your variety damn bike, really. So that's awesome. So talking about casting your mind back a little bit to, to memories on the bike, is there a particular memory that burns the brightest in your mind? I mean, that, that story you told was epic, but in your journey, there may have been others. I don't know if there's not, it's cool, but it just was something that I'd like to ask. Um, I think in, in regards, as in like memorable experiences on my bike, mm. I think, yeah, with, with, without a shadow of a doubt, it's definitely a moment in um, last year's Black Unity bike ride, which mm. was the first year that we did it. And um, for those that are familiar with London, there's a long road in East London called Leebridge Road, which connects a Waltham Forest borough with Hackney borough, uh, mm-hmm. Clapton Pond. So you've got from Baker's Arms, Walthamstow Leighton to Clapton Pond. And I remember us riding down that long road, which I've known from my youth, you know, outside the Lee Valley ice rink and us having an army of cyclists as far as the eye could see it was full it was full to the brim and i was just like i can't believe what i'm seeing i literally cannot believe what i'm seeing and we had people from all different walks of life riding with us um young people old people black people white people um but there were so many black people on bikes that I was just like, wow, it, it, it blew off my head top. It blew off my head top. <laughs> no, I, I, it's, it's a real talk. That, that was, uh, that was a very moment. I have to find the emoji. I think I found, that's the emoji right there. The top of your, your, your head is lifted off. It's gone into orbit. Yeah, it's just, it's it boom. Fantastic, fantastic. And I don't know if you can see on the site, I love this. Um, there's so many hearts that are flying from so many people. Um, Magda's in it. I recognize Magda. Is Magda part of the, yes, yes. the network? Yes. Hey, Magda. Yes. Thanks for joining. Um, so, no, that's brilliant that you talked about that. And we def- I want to get into that a bit more in just a second. And I think something that I ask everybody, everybody that comes to talk, on, on this show, on my house, is about 
the love of cycling that they have and I guess what it is about cycling that kind of keeps them coming back so for you in your own words in your own way like what is it about cycling that has kind of captivated your imagination and keeps you engaged in the sport you know do you know what for me what it is about cycling whether I'm cycling alone which I do a lot or, or cycling with friends or a collective it's an essence of freedom mm. I, I feel free I feel free from the stresses that come with life. Um, I feel free of um, the boxes that society try and put you in. Um, I just, I just love the freedom of cycling. I love the, I love the truth of of navigating a hill, and I love the beauty of the descent afterwards. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There, there is nothing for me. There is nothing purer. Uh, more honest than working those gears to get up that gradient and then and then enjoying the descent right um for me that's what it is that's what i love about cycling i can be really stressed out before i go for a ride and after mm-hmm. i've done my kind of brentwood 20 mile loop by the time i'm home i'm in a different mm-hmm. place mentally yeah i'm in a yeah. different place so cycling not just in the last 12, 18 months, but cycling has, has contributed a lot to my mental health. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, 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 it's been a leveler. I'm able to just use it as a vehicle, not just for my physical um, being, but also my, my mental, emotional and spiritual as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. And so powerful to hear you, you know, I guess be, be vulnerable and be open talk about the subject of mental health and well-being because I think as guys my sense is and particularly black guys you know we, we will often shirk the subject of that you know it's about you know being strong and appearing to have everything down but in truth you know like everybody everybody has to wrestle and deal with some stuff no one came out knowing exactly what was what and how to deal with it and I love what you say about that Neville, because I, I definitely feel and perhaps I read this, I'm going to steal it from somewhere, that there's like three cores that we have. Like there's the anxiety or fear core, then there's the excitement core, and then there's the other core that centers you and that soothes you. And I think that for me, when I'm at work, because I'm stressed out and there's more anxiety, or like I'm on a real high, I'm here. When I come into cycling, it does what you just said, it like centers and just, yeah. Yeah, so much so. Like yesterday, it got to like nine o'clock, and I was like, I haven't been out of my house. I'm just going to ride the bike. It could just be half an hour. But baby, do you mind? I spoke to my wife. She said, no, of course you, you go. And I went half an hour, of course, turned into 45 minutes. <laughs> I, 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 went, I went to visit my brother-in-law, just rang him and was like, I'm, I'm by the bike. And, and, it, and it connected people, you know, and it connected yeah. us to, to one another. So I loved that. Um, I, I really want to just grow the story because I feel it's great. We've got to know about you and your um, background and career. Um, we've got to know about your journey as a cyclist. But there's something that's massive that I really want to just get into and talk a bit more about, which you, you touched upon, which is that moment last year, um, the Black Unity Bike Ride. Mm. Um, and for me, for anyone new, and for everybody out there, for anyone new to Black Unity Bike Ride, that you found it. Can you take us through the genesis of that event? Like so that people get like what 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 made you start it? What is it about? 
and then we'll get into it. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so obviously, last summer, um, as 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 a black person, as a, as a black man, um, there was a lot of kind of uh, frustration, e- e- emotional kind of reflection. Um, you know, everything that we were experiencing following the death of George Floyd and, mm. and the uh, Black Lives Matters um, protest and campaign, it really unearthed a lot of things that I had suppressed mm. as, 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 as a black person living in London. And um, I had a choice to make. Uh, I, I could either um, express that in, 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 in emotion of anger and frustration or I could choose to use that same energy for something that felt a bit more, a bit more positive and a bit more empowering. Um, and I and I chose to do the latter. And I, I think I was fatigued of marching. Um, you know, I, I've, I'm old enough to remember Rodney King. I'm old enough to remember Stephen Lawrence. And, and, and many other experiences over the years. And um, I was literally tired of just marching. But I wanted to do something that had a bit more of a focus on us as people of a community. Um, and I wanted to see what that could look like when you focused on empowerment. So I was having a conversation uh, with a friend, uh, our captain, in fact, from Team Origin, Brother Adisa, and and um, I can't remember if he shared the video with me or or someone else had shared the video with me of a bike ride that took place in New York last year. And I thought mm-hmm. that's so cool. But I thought we could do better than that. We could we could take that to another level. That's what that's what I thought. And then um, it was it moved from we could do that to we are doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. Yeah, literally in a matter of minutes, I'll literally screen grab the the, the Instagram conversation and I'll I'll show you how it went from, we could do this to actually, no, we're doing this and it's going to happen. What are we going to do? We're going to do it on, yeah, Black Pound Day had just emerged and I thought that's a perfect day to do it because that's Mm -hmm. black economic power and and, and positivity within the community. So I said, yeah, we're going to jump on that and we're going to do that. And it was also just happened to be the same day as the um, African Emancipation um, March as well. So it was like, wow, yeah. it's a very powerful day in the black community, right? So we only had like less than two weeks. And I just said, we're doing it, you know, and, and, and I round up a couple of trusted brothers that I've, I've known and worked with for many years. And we, and we pulled it off and it was literally a guerrilla movement. We had no permissions. We had no no authority. We literally just put the word out there in an organic way. I remember the first text was a Instagram story where I, I kind of said, "The black cycling community in London are coming together. Um, watch this space, or something like that." And then I used the hearts, the Pan African colours, red, red, black, and green, and I just put that out there. And then I got a friend who's a, who's a, a really quality designer to help me pull together a logo and I put that out there there was no ownership it was just out there so when we up, 10 days later at Wolfhamstow we were talking as as a group of friends how many people will be there I thought maybe 50 maximum 100 
when we rocked up to Walthamstow, we had more than 100 people there and we had a significant presence of the Metropolitan Police there as well. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so it was like cars, motorbikes, mountain bikes, helicopter. And I thought we'd just get shut down before we've even started. Um, and it transpired that they had intelligence on the ride, pre, 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 um, pre the ride. It was called um, Operation Minorca. Uh, and I thought we'd get shut down before we had even started. But thankfully, they were there to provide us with a safe passage, which they did, and which we needed based on the sheer volume of... The number of people. Yeah, that had come out. And and that's really what it was about, Coffee. It was about about using our love for for bikes, but to really symbolise what we can do as a community when we come together. That's what it was. It was about tapping into that potential. What does that look like? when we come yeah. together. So yeah. that's where the alliance was formed. And and, and I reached, you know, a, a mutual friend of us put you and I in touch. And, and yeah. we had our first conversation. Who was it? It was who, Yvonne. Put, who put you? It was Yvonne. Sorry? Yvonne. Ah, uh, yes. So Yvonne, my gosh, that's where it comes. It feels like so long ago. Like, I feel like I've known you all my life. <laughs> so shout, shout out to Yvonne because, yeah, yeah I'm just going to pretend like me and me, me, me and Tox, we just go, we, we just, day ones. <laughs> and Yvonne put us in touch. Yeah, yeah. At, at the time, Yvonne and I were working together. She's since moved onwards and upwards and, yeah, mm. fabulous. Um, and this is, you know, coming back to what I said at the start when I talked to you about you being an inspirational leader, a community builder and a guy with a heart of gold. You know, this, 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 this labour of love that you've embarked on is of your own volition, free time. You're not being paid to do this. Yeah. Um, there's something that's important to you and it's phenomenal, really. And I think just, um, just want to jump in because I think someone had said something, uh, Mr. I think it was Mr. OG had said something um, that I wanted to jump on, but I can't find it because my fingers are too chubby to spin back. But there was love going on there. But just on the mission and the vision that you've got, you talked about the potential. You talked about what can happen when we group up. For people that don't know, and they, they see Black Unity by the like, what, what is it that you want to achieve with it? What's the, what, what, what are the mission? Yeah, I think, what is I, the I think the, prim- the, prim- the primary objective is about inspiring more black people to get on bikes and, and discover, mm-hmm. the, discover the beauty of cycling or riding mm-hmm. or whatever you want to call it. But just getting yeah. on the bike and tapping into what that feels like. Um, mm-hmm. That's something that I'm really keen to do because there's a lot of people that I believe anyway, I, I might not have the stats to back it up, but I believe there's a lot of people that have an interest but maybe don't feel like their face fits. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they don't look a certain way or they don't have a certain bike or they don't, they don't wear Lycra, you know, or, or they don't wear cleats or whatever, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I just, I just wanted to create something that felt quite inclusive where it embraced all aspects of the community. Um, so, so that was the primary objective. But at the same time, you know, it's it's not exclusive to the, to the black community. We we had a number of people from different ethnic backgrounds uh, take part last year, and it was just mm-hmm. it was just a beautiful thing to see, man. Like I don't think anything of that ilk had ever taken place at that scale in Europe, let alone London before. I mean, the youngest person we had on the ride was a young brother 
who I think at the time was eight or nine, who okay. came down to London from Ipswich with his dad. Uh, shout out to Billy and Aaron from from. Ah uh, uh, yeah, Billy Fitzgerald. I think he's here. Billy, I've seen Billy. Yeah, because I mean, yeah. you know, like seeing those guys was like that made my heart melt. And then at the other end of the spectrum, we had a sixty-eight-year-old gentleman that was that was on the ride as well, and uh, and that's what I loved. I loved the premise of community. <clears throat> you know, <throat> it wasn't it wasn't like just these kind of. Um, elite looking type cyclists it was everyone and anyone i mean we had mm. choppers there we had brompton bikes we had sandals <laughs> we had carbon bikes we had you know we had every type of bike you could imagine yeah. was there so for me that that was the objective it was about an inclusive space where any and everyone could feel welcomed to get on their bike that's fantastic, and and Billy's in the house. I thought I saw you salute to you. Um, I have to shout out to some of the amazing collectives that I've come to know through you, really, through the um, affiliation um, with BBR. So the Seek Cycling Network, Castle is out here from Soul Riders, T M T A M M L M, which is I think if there's a million more like me, That's Rough right. Rider Velo, Ride Fest. I mean mind is blown with the number of folks that you've collected to be part of you know this sort of movement and and to really support one another really um and and, and i love it i really love the way that you've done that at last count like do, how many um collectives we if you will or clubs do you have as part of yeah the bbr alliance so so as i mentioned to you before when i first started cycling a couple of years ago i personally mm. only knew of two when I was looking mm-hmm. at it. So that was Ridefest and, and Black Cycling Network. Now, as part of their alliance, there's over 25 black-led cycling collectives that I'm aware of yeah. that we've been able to embrace and bring together in the community. Mm-hmm. And what I love about that is they've all got their own different flavors. They mm-hmm. all flex in their own way, and that's totally cool. But it's like the idea of you don't have to do that in a silo. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And and when you put all of them together, it's it's awesome. It's awesome as as a united front, as a power yeah. that we can support each other, big up each other, empower each other. You know. So for me, yeah. Um, at the last count, I think it was twenty five or twenty six. That's phenomenal. Yeah, I I, I see I see it. I see the WhatsApp group growing. I, I don't know what to do, but so much so that I said to you the other day, I was like, I've got these two collectors. I found and you're like, yeah, they're they're already part of it. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> you you got you got everyone in there already. Like I think chain gang cyclists, um, black girls do bikers in there yeah, as well. Yeah, TWR. Um, yeah, TWR. So many people. So again, you know, massive shout out to you because I think not not everyone necessarily thinks in that way, which is I guess limitless. You know, like there's a sort of a form of support there where it's about growth and it's about what can we do together and how can we be bigger, how can we be better rather than, hey, this is my fiefdom. Yeah. And I'm just doing it. That's my my philosophy for life, right? Mm. So I'm a CEO of a a national organisation and my whole mentality is about bringing in the the next people. You know, even when I'm hiring, I'm looking to hire people that I feel... Um, can bring more to the table than me, right? Because I, the whole idea is taking whatever I'm working with to that next level. So yeah. my personal friends will, will probably berate me for this, but I'm always championing them. 
And sometimes that might not be in a way that they want to feel. <laughs> they want to experience that, but it's because I see the potential in people. And I, and I yeah. want them to realize that for themselves, right? So whether it's in the corporate world, whether it's whether I'm doing a million pound deal or whether it's, you know, community work or whatever, it's always about bringing people through. It's always mm-hmm. about helping people realize their potential. And, and you need to do that as a team. So going back to that yeah. idea of social capital, we're not designed to be alone. There is no man or no woman who has made it um, to a point of success that has done that alone. They've had mm-hmm. to rely on the support of others. So I, I just feel it's important that we throw down the ladder yeah. and try and connect the dots as much as possible. Yeah. No, I, 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 I subscribe to that view. I subscribe. Where <laughs> I, I subscribe. Because to, to, me, to me, that encompasses a mindset of growth, right? a mindset of, you know, be open, be vulnerable, be aware of our own limitations, but be excited by the prospect of what can really be achieved. By collective powers, and there are some detractors that would say this: this the, the rider you've got, black unity by right. You know, why do you need something just for black people? You know, like why? Why does it have to be about that? Um, yeah. I've got my views on it, um, yeah, and I definitely would like to explore yours, and maybe because it's about you more. Maybe, maybe you can hit me up with like your views, and then I could just back that up with what, what I'm yeah. thinking, if it's different or the same. You know, yeah. why, why do you feel that, um, you know, a collective that is focused on the experience of black people, not exclusively like we talked about, yeah. is so vital and is so important to the community? Really? Yeah. Because it's not the norm. It's, simple, it's as simple as that. If it was the norm, then it wouldn't be necessary, right? Mm-hmm. So if you look at the number of... Okay, just pick London, which is an anomaly when it comes to the UK. Right? The mm-hmm. diversity you have in London is significantly more, say, than if you were in Blackpool, right? But yeah. let's just focus on London. And if you were to pick yeah. 20 of the biggest known cycling clubs in London, I guarantee you their diversity is not reflective of London. No. So that within itself for me says there is a need for people to, to be able to feel comfortable, to be unapologetically themselves, and not become some kind of shape-shifting chameleon in order to fit into a club or a culture where they feel they can't be themselves. So for me, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a need that is there because we don't see it as the norm. And I want it to become the norm. So the idea is definitely about us empowering Black-led cycling collectives. But in addition to that, the ripple effect is having more people of different colours having the courage, having the, the impetus and the, the appetite to join any cycling club and for us to <clears throat> not see it as a thing, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I, I, look, being the kind of person I am, I'm used to it being a thing. Like, I'm used to people turning up to meetings and a receptionist perplexed when I'm saying I'm here to meet the CEO, right? I'm used to that. But we need to change that. It's boring. It's a boring narrative. Seriously, it's a boring narrative. No, it is. Right? So, yeah. so that, that's, the, that's the reason, that's my feeling, that I want to normalise yeah. the idea of black cyclists and for not to I love be, it. you know. I love it. I love it. And, uh, yeah, it's different to what, different to the angle I, I, I had on it. I'm so glad I let you go um, on it because it resonates totally. I think for me, 
it comes back to that growth mindset, you know, for, for detractors that would say, oh, but, you know, it's not fair, it's not right, you shouldn't, whatever. I think if you have a growth mindset, you'll come to maybe appreciate or realise or see that we've not even got close to the potential that we've got as a collective society, you know, any colour, any shade, any gender, any orientation, any whatever, because, like you say, people feel the need to shapeshift. You know, if you're not your true and authentic self, like how you bring your best efforts to the table when it comes to making decisions around, I guess that require a bit of a diversity of thought. So I'm, I'm all for that. I'm all for empowering everybody to do their best work and then connecting the dots like you do so amazingly because together, like so much more can come out of it. Right? So much more can come out of it. So yeah, yeah brilliant. Brilliant. Thank you so much, man. Um, so for me, like we, t- we touched upon it a little bit, like last year's ride, you talked it through really articulately. For anyone that wasn't there, my, myself included, from what I saw, it was an actual movie. It was such, it, it was, it was a movie. Um, it was like a wonderful celebration of the rich diversity that we have inside. In the, as I said at the top, I said, we don't often see that in such a powerful and moving way. Um, this year, by my calculations, we're T minus 39 days approximately ish, ish mm-hmm. away from the next installment. Um, and for anyone that's joined, so Jen, sister of Life Unity over in Chicago, triple hearts. You get all the triple hearts, it's not one, not two. <laughs> <laughs> so much light and so weird. Thanks so much, Jen. Um, Kenya, Kenya, uh, 2000, 2000 says they're looking forward to ride. I'll go back to the So, anyone that hasn't heard about the details of this ride in approximately 39 days, so can you tell us a bit about when is it? Yeah. Where's it starting from? Yeah. Let's get some details. I, I want people yeah. to be informed about what's yeah. going down. So, this year's ride, um, also takes place on, on Black Pound Day because that's for us mm-hmm. a, a, a really important. Uh, partnership for us. So every year the, the Black Unity Bike Ride will take place on the first Saturday of August, which will be Black Pound Day. So that's the 7th of August. And Great. we kick off in the borough of Waltham Forest, northeast London. Mm-hmm. And it's a 14, 15 mile ride. Um, uh-huh. And we navigate from Waltham Forest through to Hackney, Islington, down to Westminster. Um, uh, and then through to, to Lambeth, um, either finish at Lambeth or potentially Southwark, that, that's still to be established. But within that, we have three pit stops. Um, so those that are newer to that kind of distance get a chance to refresh, refresh, rest, you know, um, and, and then go again. Uh, so for us, it's, it's not a race. It's absolutely okay. not a race. It's very much a leisurely community ride. Um, that's full of vibes, uh, reflective of, of our culture, music, energy, you know, positivity, and, and ultimately unity. That's, that's what the whole energy is about. Um, someone, I thought it, but I never articulated it. And a lot of people are, are articulating it back to me that it felt like carnival on bikes. That kind of energy that. is, is what they're coming with. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Positive vibes love all of that good stuff so just on how you get involved like yeah 
Last year it felt like it was maybe a bit ad hoc. It was, I mean, you had like two weeks or something ridiculous to know. No, it, was, it wasn't incredible. a bit, it was ad hoc. <laughs> it was, it was, this year, I think, I think, I think I've, what I've seen is there's a bit more tightness around the organization. Yeah. If people want to take part, is there any cost involved? How do they do it? What do they yeah, need no, to do? It's a totally part? free event. Absolutely oh, free event. Um, and, and that's because, again, we want it to be inclusive and reduce any barriers mm. to entry. Um, uh, we've got a registration process, so you can go onto our website, um, blackunitybikeride.com, um, and, and simply register. It's an it's a, um, online process, and it being a, a charitable program, um, we're welcoming donations as well. So we just launched a, a GoFundMe page, um, which, again, you can find just searching Black Unity Bike Ride. But, yeah, it's, it's for the community, by the community. It's all run by a small passionate group of volunteers um we're expecting to double the numbers that we had there last year this year so approximately we're expecting about the three thousand mark um yeah so yeah i can see that happening i can see that it's happening. gonna be it's gonna be serious it's gonna be a proper, yeah i can see that happening i bought a new speaker today so i'm ready <laughs> I'm, I'm on a sound clash flex i don't know about anyone else but i'm i'm ready with Brilliant. yeah I'm, i love that because <laughs> There's a guy, there's a guy, I think, what's his name, Dom Whitey or something like that. Yeah, 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 I see. You know the guy with me, right? Yeah, he's invited. Yeah. I invited him, I invited him to come down. Oh, fabulous. Oh, that would be something. Now, I can, I can believe it's going to be epic because I've I had messages from people across the UK who've said that they're, they're on their way. They're coming down. They're going to be in it's, it. It's so. going to be a sound clash, too. It's going to be a sound clash, next. <laughs> fabulous. And there's a million more like me, riders have just got... Triple. Again, three is the number. Triple, triple smiley face laughter emojis. There's a little rumor I heard as well. That there might be some merchandise that you can you can purchase too. Yes. Is this is this is this is this legit? Is that, it that is that is legit. You can purchase it on the website. If you go onto the website, okay. you, can, you can register on the website for the ride. You can buy merchandise on the website. You can sign up to volunteer. We need ground ground support and also ride marshals. And you can donate from the website. So it's, it's literally like it's an activation that I don't think you can really get something more organic than this, um, you know, and, and it can only be what the community puts into it. So, so yeah. that, that's the thing that that's what we need. We need the community to really, really support this and, and make it everything it can be. Embrace it and push it. And I think, I think, I think we will, I think we definitely will. And from what I've seen coverage, I think I've seen covered in Cyclist Weekly. I think I've seen it on The Voice. I've just, yeah. There's a ton of PR and interest in it. So it's going to be phenomenal, really. Um, but yeah, look, as, as we're looking to sort of draw to a close, I can't believe it. Time is whizzed by. It always does this when I'm having fun. And hopefully you've, you've enjoyed it as well, bro. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, is there anything that we've missed that you kind of would like to share that people haven't heard about that we didn't touch upon just spontaneously? Um. No, I think, you know, my, my final point is just the idea that there are so many different collectives out there um, that are black-led or, you know, led, led in a diverse way that um, we just need to discover. Like, particularly within London, because that's what I know, there are, there are clubs that are women's, that are women-led, women-exclusive, faith-led, um, different parts of the capital. And I would just encourage people to kind of tap into uh, the alliance, uh, which is growing. And if you are a, a black-led collective, entity, crew, club, uh, 
wherever you describe yourself that we don't know about, then get in touch because it's a it's an open door policy in that respect. But yeah, the idea is to champion the alliance, help each of those collectives and clubs to grow, um, and uh, and yeah, just fulfil their potential. That's that's probably the only thing I have to to add. Yeah, no, I love that. I really love that. And Adisa, Adisa, the poet, ah, verbalizer, our main man, um, brilliant interview. Um, thanks for hosting Toxic Talks. No, thank thank you all for tuning in. Really, I think this is this is what it's about. Really, I think just supporting each other. Platform may have started with just me and my mum, but because of everyone's support, it's going to be and my mum plus a few of her friends now. And I think it's just about showcasing these amazing stories you know, to make sure that people know that it, it isn't just me out there. It isn't just Tox out here. There's a million more like me. There's Soul Riders. Benjamin's popped in to say hello. Um, the Rough Rider Bellow group, there's BCN, there's Women of Colour, there's so many collectives that are doing stuff. Seek Cycling Network, people keep popping up. Um, and together, you know, we, we, we grow stronger, we build better. So nothing but love, really, man, for what you're doing, which, as well, I'm not a CEO, man, but I think that job's hard. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 I, and, I, and I think you've got, like, two kids as well and a wife. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so look, man, like from the bottom of my heart and everyone out here, like thank you for what you've been doing in terms of the service to the wider community and the work that you're doing for cycling as a whole, man. It is epic and I just can't wait to see it go from strength to strength to strength to strength to strength, really. Thank you, brother. Really appreciate All right. it. All right. Great. All right. We'll catch up real soon, my man. Take care. Take care. Peace. Bye.